0: We're delighted to have this morning to preach the word in our missions conference our brother Florian Vike and Florian is a, a native Swiss minister did his theological education in England and Scotland and had the good sense to marry a good Scottish girl Veronica we're deeply saddened that he didn't bring Veronica with him this morning because we'd want to have her stand in front of him she's far more attractive and he's so out of his league with his wife And you'll see that the next time they are here. Florian ministers in Zurich, which I think may be the most expensive city in the world. And so uh, just getting there and setting up to do ministry is incredibly difficult. You'll be hearing a little more from him uh, later in terms of a report on how that ministry is going. But It's our great pleasure to have Florian come and preach the text we just read, Colossians 4. Thank you very much for the kind introduction. <laughs> uh, now, let me just say briefly what a privilege it is to be here, and especially to be here among you, and know that you support us, but that you also pray for us. This is so important, and I'm going to speak on prayer today. But I remember the first time I came here, and I was able to speak at the prayer meeting on Wednesday And then afterwards, men prayed for me, and I was very impressed by the prayers. The fervency for missions, the love for missions, and keep this work up and even maybe improve upon it, maybe improve upon it. And I bring also greetings from Zurich, not from the whole city, unfortunately, but from our small congregation, but we hope it would grow, and maybe like in the Reformation, the greetings one day will be from the whole city. But let us now turn to God's word, Colossians 4, verses 2 and 4 we will look at. And we know know that the apostle Paul was a successful apostle. His ministry was successful. He did preach to probably thousands of people. He preached to high society and to the poor people. He preached to gentiles and to jews he planted many churches some say 14 some say many more churches he planted and other churches were planted through his ministry or the churches he established and we also know that his ministry was lasting many of the churches he planted they existed for centuries a church in ephesus for instance It's amazing to think that even in 431, there was a council in Ephesus. It was still there, the church, a church he planted. And if he asked the Apostle Paul what his mission strategy would have been, he would have most certainly answered in the same way like the other Apostles would have answered it. We read in Acts 6 that the apostle said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer, And to the ministry of the Word. These two things and the sacraments, the means of grace, would have been his mission strategy. Not because they worked in a mechanical way, but because the sovereign Lord has chosen to bless these means and to bring the gospel to the nations. Now, I know that you know this. I'm preaching to the choir. But I also want to let you know that knowing and truly believing may be a bit different at times. Knowing sometimes can be that you wouldn't dare to do anything else. But you do it in sort of a mechanical way. You do it to tick the box. And Reformed churches can fall into the same attitude. But truly believing it and believing that that the Lord would bless these means would hopefully bring us to our knees and to pray fervently that he would use these means to use the means of prayer that he would use the other means and i'm absolutely certain that our attitude towards the means of grace is particularly shown in prayer in prayer in our secret prayers at home And also in the prayers we have in our prayer meeting. And Paul knew this. Paul knew this. And therefore he prayed regularly. And we already heard it from Pastor Carl. That prayer was really essential for the Apostle Paul. It's mentioned so many times. And you quickly can read over it. But maybe next time when you go through the letters take note every time when he's praying or when he tells them to pray it's astounding how often we find that and today we want to look at these three verses with the title praying with paul for missions because praying is so important and three simple points the first point is the manner of praying the manner of praying second Prayer points for missions. Prayer points for missions. God's prayer points. And then thirdly, fuel for our prayers for mission. Fuel for our prayers for missions. Let us look at the first point, the manner of praying. First two, continue earnestly in prayer. Continue earnestly in prayer prayer. The word that is used here is, is describing to remain in it, to be awake to it, to do something tirelessly. In Mark three nine, it is interestingly used to describe um, how basically the boat was ready for the Lord Jesus Christ so that he wouldn't be crushed by the multitude. So being ready at any time When it is needed. Or in Acts 10. It is used um, describing the two slaves and the soldier of Cornelius. As those who were standing continuously before him. Waiting for command. And immediately do it. It describes a constant readiness to pray. And that's what we should do when it also comes to missions. I know this describes general prayers as well. But when we look into the first three in the context, it also speaks of prayers for missions, to continue earnestly in prayer. And we also know that no master would accept a servant who's continuously standing before him, but does it with a bad attitude, with hanging shoulders, not really willing to do it, And therefore, there it comes in, this this earnest prayer, the willingness to pray, wanting to pray for missions. Now, Paul gives us even more indications what he has in mind when we read here, continue earnestly in prayer. Because he gives his own example in Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 3. He says at the beginning of this letter, We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you. Praying always for you. That does not mean that he was nine hours praying and not doing anything else, but it certainly means he was probably praying every day for them. It means perhaps that he had, like Daniel, three times in the day where he would pray. For longer long time periods. And he was earnest in it because he says a bit later on that he would not cease to pray for them. Chapter 1, verse 9 For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. He wouldn't stop to pray, he would go on, he would persevere. This is what he understands with continue earnestly in prayer and of course we understand always praying and not to cease in prayer this is hard work it's very difficult we all know this don't we when you go and pray maybe personally or in a prayer meeting how quickly are there a thousand devils and trying to keep us away from prayer and therefore Paul says, basically with the example of Epaphras in chapter 4 as well, that we should expect to fight, that we should expect to struggle. Colossians 4.12, again an indication of what he means with continue earnestly in prayer. Epaphras, who is a one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers. The word underlying here means to agonize. It's the word used for competition in these days. Fighting in prayer. You could imagine in Epaphras, seeing in the example of Paul, and Paul seeing it in the example of Christ, we'll come to that in a moment. This wrestling in prayer. Having the sweat on his forehead as he's praying for those in Colossae. Continue earnestly in prayer. Now, we should pray in this manner. But why should we pray in this manner? Because just Paul tells us so? Well, yes as well, because he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But not because Paul was so amazing and was also doing that in his life. No, because the Lord Jesus Christ was doing the same thing in his prayer. One beautiful example of the Lord Jesus Christ praying we find in Hebrews 5, verse 7, 7. One of my many favorite passages in the Bible. Verse 7. In the days of his flesh. Now we will come to that in a moment where it said he was saved from death. And of course we know in the garden of Gethsemane that he was praying like that. But it says here in the days of his flesh. That was his manner how the Lord Jesus Christ prayed. In the days of his flesh. When he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him. With vehement cries and tears to him. Look at our Lord Jesus Christ. How he was praying. And again, I do readily admit that here in Colossians 4.2, he doesn't only have missionary prayers in view. But certainly that is included. Because it immediately comes afterwards in verse 3. Where he asks for missionary prayers. For prayers for Missions, Because he says in verse 3, and that brings us over to the second point, the prayer points for missions. He says, meanwhile praying, at the same time praying. And I'm deliberately skipping over with thanksgiving because we will go to that or address that in the last point. But meanwhile praying is, it is as if he's saying, don't forget to pray for this as well. Paul is asking for prayers for his Mission, endeavor. And we could, of course, understand that Paul is asking for prayers because it is said he is in chains at the end of verse 3. Look at that. For which I am also in chains. And we could imagine him asking to pray the Colossians that doors would be opened off this prison. But he doesn't. He has something different in mind. He says that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. Even in prison. That a door would be opened. What, what does that mean? Well, first the door opened and then the mystery of Christ. Well, the mystery of Christ means nothing else than the gospel of Christ. That is now and in the days of Paul being proclaimed in the whole world. It's not a mystery that is hidden anymore. In the Old Testament, it wasn't as clear. And especially not that the Gentiles would be included. It is there, but not as clearly in the Old Testament. Therefore, Paul says already in Colossians 1, and he says, verse 26, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because Christ died on this, on this cross for our sins. And he's the only way to have fellowship with God. And that needs to be proclaimed in the whole world. And that is what Paul wants. That I may make it manifest. Reveal it as I ought to speak. But what does he mean by open doors? Does he just mean opportunities? As we often pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Of the missionaries to share the gospel. I'm sure that is included here. But I believe the apostle Paul wants a great and effective door being opened, that the word would be effectual, because that's exactly what he says in 1 Corinthians in connection with open doors. And he says in chapter 16, verse 8, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. The same he wants to happen even though he's in chains, that doors would be opened, effective doors. Not just an opportunity and the person walks away, but that hearts would be opened. And very interesting as well, when we read here in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, that he actually says there are many adversaries. It's not always so uh, like that, that when there are adversaries, that there is... Not the Spirit of God working as well. And often it is the case when the Spirit works greatly. That the enemy is not resting. But he's fighting probably even harder than before. But Paul wants doors to be opened. And he says to the Colossians that they should pray thus. That they should pray thus for missions. That doors would be opened. Now, the Apostle Paul in other lectures has other prayer points. Has other prayer points for missions. We already heard that a bit earlier on as well. But for instance, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, we see that he asks them to pray that they would be protected from evil men. Would be protected from evil men. And similarly, again, it's connected with the effectuality of the word he says here pray for us that the word of the lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men it's another prayer point open doors but also be delivered from wicked men then a further third prayer point we can pray for missions is for god-fearing governments and we heard it yesterday How important that is. And we should actually pray for our politicians, not only that they would be wise, but that they would be converted, would come to Christ. That is why he says that God wants all people to be saved, that there's no one excluded from our prayers, as we heard yesterday as well. And then, lastly, another prayer point Paul mentions for missions. Is found in Ephesians 6. And there he asks that they would pray for boldness, for boldness for the apostle. And of course, we can take that over for today for the missionaries. That we would pray for boldness. And he says, again, first he's praying um, for them. And then he says, for me and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly. Perhaps the Apostle Paul sometimes was also struggling with the fear of man. And he's asking for prayers that this would not be the case, that he would be Christ-like, as even the Pharisees in in Mark 12 had to acknowledge, that Christ had no regard for men. He wouldn't look over his shoulder, what would this and this person say? But he preached the gospel boldly, and Paul wants them to pray that he would preach it boldly. And please pray these things also for your missionaries. And by the way, God can open doors even in prison. Philippians, another prison epistle. Some believe it was written after the letter to the Colossians. And there we read in chapter 1 that a door has been opened while he was still in chains. An effectual door has been opened. The Lord hears. And is it not? Amazing when we have prayer points in the Bible, the prayer points from God, that we know, therefore, we do pray according to his will. It is as if, if you have these prayer points for missions, it is as if God himself is giving the prayer points in the newsletter of the missionary. And in asking that people, the people of God, would pray in such a way. And these points are applicable in all times, in all cultures, and to all situations. Now thus far we have looked at the manner of praying, how we should pray like the Lord Jesus Christ prayed, then the prayer points directly from God for missions but we also understand as we already mentioned how difficult it often is to pray without ceasing to continue to pray continue earnestly in prayer and therefore i want to look at the last in the last point of this sermon on the fuel for our prayers the fuel for our prayers which help us they may be helps to us to continue In prayer and I want to mention briefly three things two of them are indicated in the text and one is more general point which we see in the life of Paul as well and now the first fuel or the first help for our prayers for missions is thankfulness is thankfulness he says continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving Thanksgiving and thankfulness is again and again mentioned in connection with prayer. Also in 1 Timothy 2, we heard it. In Colossians, it is six times mentioned. Thankfulness in connection also with prayers. And we understand, of course, that this is a fuel for our prayers because we understand when we look back and see, oh, the Lord has heard this and this and this, and we thank him for it, and that spurs us on to pray more and to continue in prayers. But I believe one of the biggest and most effective fuels for our prayers is that we would continue is Thankfulness for the gospel. Thankfulness for our salvation and to grow in it. That is something the Apostle Paul did continually. How many times have I, have you heard the gospel and our heart is cold. But we heard even in our, um, the pardon we heard in our liturgy. We were speaking of First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. How Paul then says in the latter part of this verse. That he is the greatest sinner of all. And it's astounding that Paul would say that. And there's a big debate going on what he actually meant by this. And of course, objectively, you could say something along the lines. Well, he was a persecutor of the church. He was therefore the greatest sinner. And the Lord Jesus Christ called him nevertheless. But I'm also convinced that the Apostle Paul subjectively looked into his heart and truly believed, I'm the greatest sinner on earth. Because he grew in it in seeing his own sin and at the same time seeing the amazing grace of God that he would save him, save him from hell, from the wrath of God to come. At the same time growing in the knowledge of God. That's exactly what he's praying in Colossians as well. Early on in chapter 1. That we'd see more the holiness. The greatness and the beauty of God. And therefore love God more. And when we grow in the appreciation of these things. And then we see the cross. That all our debt has been paid on this cross. That we can stand in the righteousness of Christ before God. Such a thankfulness will spur us on in prayer. Let us grow in these things. Let us grow in these things. A second help for our prayers is a realization, deep realization of our dependence on God. And our dependence on God. We heard it already in this service. It is impossible for any man to unlock the hearts of other people. We are wholly dependent on God. And also, the means of grace do not work ex opere operato just when we do it automatically. We need to realize how dependent we are on God. And I believe the Apostle Paul realized that even here because he's saying, I am in chains. I need you to pray for me because I cannot change my situation. And it's the same in missions and in evangelism. We cannot change the hearts of people. We are wholly dependent on God and that drives us to our knees. And this is something the Apostle Paul learned very early on. On the road to Damascus and he realized that moment when the Lord Jesus Christ said it is me you're persecuting that his whole previous life had been a lie had been rubbish as he says it in Philippians worth nothing and what does he do afterwards he's blind he does not eat nor drink for three Days, and what is he doing these three days? Well, God says it to Ananias Behold, he is praying. The moment when everything was taken away, where he realized his dependence on God. And the same is true for us. We may have so much more, but we cannot change hearts, we cannot open the doors. It is sometimes agonizing. I'm not very often doing it. But sometimes doing it to preach. In Zurich. There's a spot where people have lunch. And then we preach very briefly there. Because people are actually sitting. And they're listening. But sometimes really the feeling is there. I know the Lord works. In mysterious ways. And I trust he works through the preaching of the gospel. But it seems as if there is a wall. You do not get through. It is break down this wall through prayers the power of god we are dependent on him and then finally and lastly as a help for our prayers so that our prayers we would have fuel to pray and to continue and pray maybe the most important one which is love a love for God. True love for God, and every one of us who examines his or her heart will know that our love is weak towards God, and the love for God what does want that love to be wants, wants to see it wants to see that the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified in the world that our bright groom, is glorified in the world. That he would be seen by all nations. As it is said in Isaiah 49, expressed beautifully, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the world. Let us even pray that he would give us more love. So that we would want to see his name being glorified. But it's not only love towards God which counts. We know that this includes a love towards God, also includes a love for men, for the lost world, those who are in darkness, to have a Christ like love for sinners as he had. Do we remember? What he was doing when he was speaking of the judgment that would come upon Israel. He was weeping. It's shameful how little I weep for the lost souls. And Paul himself, following the Lord Jesus Christ, said in Romans about his people according to the flesh, that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were a curse for Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh. And when that is in Scripture, that was not said in hypocrisy. He really, truly meant it. That was his feeling. That was his desire. Let us therefore pray with Paul for missions. I have three brief application points as I do usually in my church as well. And the first one is grow in these helps that will fuel your prayer life and especially also for missions. Grow in these helps, thankfulness. And again, here, prayer itself is crucial, isn't it? A dependence on God, a realization how dependent we are on God. And how dependent are we? Christianity, yes, in some places is increasing, but in so many places in the Western world, it's decreasing. I come from Zurich, from a place where the Reformation happened, and so many doctrines you have have been hammered out in Zurich and in Geneva. And at the moment, to my knowledge, we're the only confessional church in Zurich. This is the trajectory. We need to depend on the Lord. Help us turn the tide. And then, of course, grow in love. Then, second application point pray the Bible. Many of you know that. Many of you know that. But there's so much more in the Bible which we can pray for. Pray these prayer points. Don't forget missions. And then lastly, just a few practical remarks, maybe for you children as well, and young ones, those who maybe struggle to pray. First, I want to say, don't be satisfied with lukewarm prayers. Don't be satisfied with lukewarm prayers, the prayers that just Take a box. It was just a couple of months ago, being convicted again by the Lord, how stale my own life a prayer life has, has gone. Although I sometimes spend longer time periods in prayer, but it can nevertheless be stale and lukewarm. Don't be satisfied. Pray like Christ prayed. Ask the Lord to let you grow in these helps. Secondly, expect a fight. Expect a fight. The devil, the world, and even your own flesh will do anything and everything in its power to keep you away from praying, children. The devil will try anything. Expect a fight. It's it's not you are not doing something wrong if you are fighting necessarily. It is a fight. Then thirdly, start with small steps. Start with small steps. Don't think, oh, I'm getting up very early this morning and pray two hours. It probably won't work long. But maybe set yourself first, particularly children or those who struggle, every day ten minutes of fervent prayers. Have a list ready for that. And I can guarantee you if you do it and persevere in it, ten minutes won't be Enough. And you will expand that time. But start with small steps. When it comes to missions, maybe have in your mind particularly three, four, five missions works you want to especially pray for. Don't have 20 or 25. It's very difficult to keep track of it and then also fervently pray for 20 of them. But that you're particularly interested in your prayers A certain number, and then keep yourself up to date. And then, lastly, don't forget the other means of grace because they will nurture your prayer life. Let us pray. Oh God, we look at the Lord Jesus Christ and we marvel that he would pray in such a way. He who has been forever with the Father in eternity would become become so weak and dependent that he would pray with vehement cries and tears. And Lord, we pray. We pray that he would make us more like him, And we do pray, Lord, that your word would go forth and great and effective doors would be opened with every missionary here represented or supported. Oh, Lord, that you would work mightily, that you would render the heavens, oh, Lord, and show your might. Where is your great might? Where is your power from the past, oh, Lord? Lord, we pray humbly and ask that he would forgive us our sins amen